I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sims here with MTMV Sports. So happy to be joined today by my guy, Ray Garvin. He is a phenomenal analyst of college football. A, I would I even call him a college football expert. He has expert opinions. I've been following him on Twitter for a little bit now. He's a, a big-time dynasty football guy, and those dynasty guys are always looking at the college football game to get their, get their insight on who's next and who's up and coming. He also has opinions on who should be in the top top five right now as far as college football rankings are concerned today we're going to get into all of that i can't wait for you to hear his knowledge his information and also his hot takes and guaranteed there will be some today my guy ray how you doing man i appreciate it man i um i'm excited to talk to you and before we got on just kind of hearing about where you were from and you know where i went to college and went to school at we weren't that far apart man just jump on i-10 I-10 East for me from Houston, and I, I run into your neck of the woods. So uh, <laughs> excited to be here. And it's a small world, man, how we can uh, all be from different parts of the world and connect via this crazy uh, fantasy football uh, community. So excited to be here and talk to you this evening. Bro, absolutely, man. Yo, let's hop into it. There's a lot going on with college football. And currently, we talked about Louisiana. It just so happens that LSU is number one team in the country right now. As as you look at the team, right, and the product they put on the field, do you like the ranking? And and, and if so, is it justified? You know, LSU LSU is a good team, and I would say not only is it uh, is it justified, that's the that's that's exactly what it should be. They are the best, the most complete team um, in the country to me, besides Ohio State. And if I were making the rankings, and I know. We may talk about that in a little bit. I'd have Ohio State right after LSU. But when you look at what they do as a team, offensively, defensively, just, you know, even that game versus Auburn last Saturday, that was a hard-fought battle for them. And they had to do some things that they weren't normally accustomed to doing, which was playing a close game. But I believe that LSU team, that LSU Tigers team is the best team in the country right now because they're led by the best player or one of the best offensive players in the country quarterback Joe Burrow. So not only is it justified, uh, absolutely. They they are the best team in the country to me right now as it stands today. Man, I'm looking at Joe Burrow and I've watched his development for a little while now, right? And just kind of right. seeing him be, you know, be, be I just guess be the man at LSU. It, it was it took a little while for him to be that guy, but he's that guy now at LSU, especially with this brand new offense that allows him to showcase his talents. Do you really think that this guy is a top draft pick? Short answer, absolutely, man. Joe Burrow, yeah, there are some who believe he is the top draft pick amongst 2020 eligible players. I do believe that at this point in time, uh, he's my second-rated quarterback in the class, but he is well-deserving. You, you hit on it. This offense, I mean, think about the LSU teams of the past, right? You normally think about the strong defense, ball control offense, don't take too many risks. They don't throw the ball downfield often. Even when they had players like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, those were big play threats, but they did a lot of their damage after the catch. Um, And then Zach Mettenberger was a pretty good quarterback at that point in time. But to see this offense be one of the most explosive offenses in college football, 
it just sort of it's a surreal thing as a college football fan to see LSU like this because I've never in my lifetime seen them this explosive, this dynamic, and this balanced on the offensive side of the ball. We all know that they're a good defensive team. You know, it, it doesn't matter what they did offensively. LSU was always going to be a strong defensive team. But with Joe Burrow leading this offense, the allotment of receivers that they have, the plethora of running backs that they have, and I know a lot of people were really excited about incoming true freshman John Emery Jr., and I myself thought he would be the starting running back by week five. That has not happened because they are just so ridiculously talented. They're so ridiculously deep, and Joe Burrow is the star, the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to that LFU offense. Man, I was I was walking around the gym today, and I had um and I actually had it on the LSU sweatshirt, right? Um, right. so as I'm walking around, the guy was like, "Are you guys ready?" And I'm like, "For what?" And then, <laughs> and then he <laughs> reminded me that um that Alabama's right around the corner. Do you see LSU being able to finally overcome that? Well, I don't want to take one single ounce of credit away from LSU because they're a phenomenal football team. But Alabama is down probably what is what will go down as one of the greatest college quarterbacks in the history of the game, Tua Tagovailoa. And while they say he will be ready for the LSU game, I believe that's November the 9th. I am not sure, even if they roll him out there, how good Tua is going to be in that game. Now, with a healthy Tua, I would love to see the matchup between those two quarterbacks, those defenses, those wide receivers. There's so much NFL talent on the field. But I do think that this year, LSU will beat Alabama. I think they go down. I think it will still be a tough game because I just don't see either team absolutely rolling the other. But with Tua out and Mac Jones under center, I think Steve Sarkeesian did a great job of scheming that game versus Arkansas. But to be quite honest, I think you and I could have called plays against Arkansas and uh, Mac Jones would have been successful. But I just don't see if, if, if Jones is the quarterback versus that LSU defense with Chase on with what I think, and I, I might shock you here, the second best defensive player in the country, Derek Stingley Jr. out there on the outside matching up against mm. Ruggs and Judy. I, I just don't see any way that Alabama is able to to slow down that offense and win that game without Tua. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, no, no real shock to me. Stingley's been amazing. Stingley's been amazing. Um, I need to ask you this question now. Looking at the overall college football landscape, and we've talked about a few teams so far, uh, LSU, Alabama. Um, you, you've also mentioned Ohio State. Looking at the overall football landscape, which teams do you foresee ending up in the college football playoffs? Well, right now, top four in the AP poll is LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. And when it comes down to it, I think the top four for the college football playoffs will be LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Now, the order of those teams will shift because if LSU beats Alabama, Alabama will fall. But I don't think they're going to fall so far down. And then what's going to happen is LSU is going to end up playing either Florida or Georgia in the SEC title game. LSU should win that, so they're a lock. Ohio State and Penn State look like they're on a collision course for the Big Ten title. The loser of that is not going to get in over a one-loss Alabama. Uh, I don't foresee Clemson losing in the ACC at all, even though they haven't you know, looked the best this year. But when I look at those other one-loss teams like Oklahoma, uh, Utah, Florida, I just don't foresee uh, one of those one-loss teams jumping 
Alabama for the college football playoffs. So what I think will happen is LSU winds up being uh, either the number one or number two team going in the playoffs. And if they're the number one team, Alabama will be fourth and we'll see a LSU-Bama rematch. And by that point in time, two may be healthy. He should be healthy. And then we'll really get to see how those teams match up. But I think those are the four who will end up making it into the college football playoff. Wow. Do you see any sleepers, like one team that's kind of out there that people should kind of keep their eye on? Maybe they're kind of making their way up into that <sighs> competition? You know, I, I would like to say Florida. I would like to say Georgia. But Florida already has a loss on their record. If Florida can make it to the SEC title game and win against what I believe will be LSU right now or Alabama, then that's a sleeper team. Oregon. Oregon should not lose again until the end of the season, but having lost to Auburn at the beginning of the year and then playing in the Pac-12, I, I don't see a one-loss Oregon being selected to get in over, uh, you know, and an one-loss Alabama or a one-loss LSU. The only other team, and, and when you're talking about sleepers here, I really, when you look down the list, maybe, maybe Oklahoma sneaks in maybe Utah sneaks in, but I just I just don't see it happening. You know, Minnesota's a great story at 8-0 right now. SMU's a great story at 8-0 right now. But realistically, when it comes to the college football playoff, a lot of money talks, and those four teams at the top, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, those are the teams that are generating money. Um, I, I really, you know, I would love to say Appalachian State would have a chance, and maybe back in the BCS era, you get one of those type of teams, you know, in one of those major bowl games. But as it stands right now, maybe Penn State, and they're not even a sleeper because they're ranked fifth. But I really don't see anybody outside of the teams that are ranked one through eight having a realistic shot of making it into the college football playoff. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, know, it's, I know it's status quo, but we've seen this story play out time and time again. Baylor is seven and zero. Oh. You know, if you want to say a sleeper, maybe the Baylor Bears. I just, I, I really don't foresee that happening when it's all said and done because I don't think LSU they're going to lose multiple games. I do not think Alabama will lose multiple games. Ohio State probably will not lose. Clemson's not going to lose. So when you when you really break it down, is a one loss LSU or a one loss Alabama going to be left out of the playoffs? If I were a betting man, I would say absolutely not. So it's. It's just it's it's hard to foresee one of these other teams actually leapfrogging LSU or Alabama, who I believe are the only two teams that are probably going to lose amongst the top four right now. Wow. Okay, now I, I'm I'm looking over some articles, and one article on WatchStadium.com says that there are four clear Heisman frontrunners. Um, one being Tua, second being Joe Burrow, outside of that Jalen Hurts, and then Justin Fields. If you were the one handing out the award, right, and, and you were the one who's going to make the final decision, who's kind of leading your Heisman race right now? Okay, so I'm going to give you the 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 realistic answer, and then I'll give you the person for who's leading my current Heisman race. So the realistic answer, who I think is probably number one in it, and it sucks. It sucks that two was hurt because he was – uh, the Heisman Trophy leader for me, but with him being out a couple of games and then probably not going to be playing at his best, it's it's just tough for me to foresee that happening and stinks for him two years in a row. 
But for me, I'd say Jalen Hurts is my personal Heisman favorite. Everything that this kid has gone through, transferring into Oklahoma, picking up that offense year one, final year playing. I mean, he only he doesn't even have it's so crazy looking at his stats. He doesn't even have 70 incompletions on the season. He's got a a 74% completion percentage, almost 2,500 passing yards, 21 TDs, and that's just through the air. When you start looking at what he's doing on the ground, I mean, last game, 96 yards, 75 yards, 131 yards, 56 yards, 70 yards. I mean, on the ground, he's got numbers that some running backs would love to have. What he's doing for Oklahoma, he's doing it at a more efficient level and at a more you know, effective clip than Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. He's got 801 rushing yards and 13 TDs. It's ridiculous the numbers that he's putting up. If this were Tim Tebow's season, it'd be, he'd be the unquestioned Heisman Trophy winner. So for me, Jalen Hurts would be that guy. You know, That disgusting loss versus Kansas State sort of sours that. Uh, but the the realistic guy is probably Joe Burrow. And, you know, his completion percentage is even more ridiculous, which I, I'm just going to say this number and it sounds crazy. 78.8% completion percentage, dang near 80%. I, I mean, he's not throwing incomplete balls. 2,800 passing yards, second in college football in passing yards. He's got 30 touchdown passes to only four interceptions. Uh, <laughs> What more What more do you want from a quarterback? I mean, he's throwing more yards than Cole McDonald at Hawaii and, you know, the SMU quarterbacks and those sort of air raid offenses. Joe Burrow looks phenomenal. He he looks phenomenal. In eight games, he's doing that. So for me, the four that were named are my four clear-cut top guys. And uh, I would say Joe Burrow and, and Jalen Hurts are my personal top two guys with Joe Burrow barely edging out Jalen Hurts because they haven't lost yet. Man, is is there is there somebody kind of missing from this or when we look at Trevor Lawrence is he just not having uh just not having a good enough season to even be in this conversation? Yeah, no, he he he's not. I mean, I, I still think he's a phenomenal talent, but uh you know, the interceptions that he's thrown this year, that offense has not been running uh, up to snuff, not like how it was last year. He he is not in the Heisman Trophy conversation. I'd say he is probably uh, closer to eighth for me right now if, if we were ranking those guys. Wow. All right. So let's take a small break, and then right after the break, we'll we'll hop into um, some actual players. Let's just talk players, man. There's a few players that I want to um, get your opinion on. So we'll kind of run through that, and then after we'll do a small mock draft, which I'm super excited about. All right, we'll be right back after this. All right, we're back. All right, yo. Um- All right, what's up with it? This is Man Man, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked, babe. Um, let's talk players, man. Which which players started off the season kind of off your radar? But, I mean, just based on what they've done during the season, you just had to start paying attention to. Yeah, one guy comes to mind, and, and living out here in Texas, I, I've heard this kid's name quite quite a bit from his uh, high school years, even at even at the University of Texas, but it just hadn't come together for him. But this season, it seems like everything is clicking, everything is working, and it's wide receiver, senior wide receiver Devin Devin Duvernay out of the University of Texas, five foot ten, five foot eleven, two hundred and ten pound, sort of slot wide receiver. 
one of the nation's leader in receptions. He's up there in receiving yards. He's got 69 grabs for 800 yards, seven TDs on the season. And he looks like a running back playing wide receiver. I mean, again, 210 pounds out there playing in the slot. And if anybody out there wants to go and watch one game of Devin DuVernay to figure out who this guy is, turn on the University of Texas game versus LSU. And he made Grant Delpit, Minnie's number one rated safety, probably a top 10 lock uh, in the NFL draft. He made him look silly. He ran him over two times, was running past him. He's been verified at a, a sub 4440 yard dash in high school. He ran 10-3 in the 100-meter dash, so he's not just some big, you know, big, slow slot receiver. This guy has blazing speed. That's elite-level speed. In the beginning of the year, he didn't have, you know, he wasn't on my radar much because up until this point, he hadn't done much in his collegiate career. You know, he was behind little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson last year, but this year he is taking his game to another level, and I can see him being a second- or third-round pick in the NFL draft. So Devin DuVernay is one of my biggest risers this season. Love it, love it. All right. Um, now I'm gonna ask about a, a guy in particular, a guy over at Georgia State. He's um, I mean, he's just doing incredible stuff. Last week he ran for 400. I'm sorry for 242 yards against Troy. His name is Trey Barnett. Were you able? Have you heard about him? Have you been checking him out? Do you foresee him being a guy that that people should pay attention to come NFL draft time? Yeah, I heard the name, and every time I would, you know, look up stats to kind of check where my boy Chuba Hubbard was, I kept seeing this guy from Georgia State. And, you know, I, I admittedly have not watched uh, many uh, or, or, or very few Georgia State clips, highlights, or anything like that. But in prepping for the show, I went and watched. Man, this kid is explosive. You know, on the season, he's pushing 1,000 yards, averaging 6.4 yards a carry. I think he I think there's a role for him. You know, my concern is that five foot ten, he's only 185 pounds. So his BMI is not, you know, conducive of that workhorse level running back at the next level. You'd like a guy five foot ten to at least be two oh five, you know, at minimum two hundred pounds. So I would say he needs to put on a little bit of weight to actually be uh, a TDT, which which I call a three down threat, but he definitely has the speed to be one of those satellite plus backs at the next level. You look at somebody like Matt Breida, you look at players like uh, he's, and he is bigger than the Tariq Cohen, but I do think a guy with his skill set, with his production profile this year, he is somebody that sort of came out of nowhere up until this point. He hadn't done much in his collegiate career. I guess he was decent last year with 551 rushing yards. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that he caught some balls last year. He's caught eight passes on the season. So I have not watched a lot of Georgia State, but at 6-2 and two, with this kid who's rushing for 242 yards in a game definitely made me take notice. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I was there. I watched it. I saw him just kind of like bursting through the line. And for a second, I was like, man, this dude has some explosive qualities that I can see at the next level. And and I mean, I even had to ask him about it. I'm like, have you thought about the next level? And you know, the the, the press answer or the the right answer in that situation, man, you know, we just focused on the season. Right, you know right. One game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but he has to start thinking about it, man. He's a senior running back and I and I can foresee same thing you saw, uh, same thing I'm seeing on a week to week basis. All right, now let's talk about this. Um, who are some players that have underwhelmed or somewhat disappointed you this season just based on their performance versus their preseason rankings? 
Ah, man, you really going to make me do this, man. You really going to make me answer this question, man? Man, look, I don't want to, <laughs> but the people, man, it's the people. They want to know. <laughs> okay, well, I have to be honest with the people. And uh, one of my uh, favorite players in this 2020 class and one of uh, a very highly rated wide receiver for me that I touted all offseason has extremely, severely, grossly underperformed in 2019. Now, I will preface it by saying a lot of it is not his fault. The offense is absolutely putrid. I watch them every Saturday out here in Texas, but it's a TCU wide receiver, Jalen Rager. This kid is, I mean, he's his dominator rating is ridiculous. He's been productive ever since he stepped foot on TCU's campus as a true freshman. 5'11", 195 pounds. I've compared him, and I don't comp often. I don't really like doing the comp game, especially so early in the in the pre in the draft process we're not even in the pre-draft process yet but to me he reminds me of a more explosive version of Percy Harvin but this season man Jalen Rager has 25 catches for 326 yards and four TDs it's just not what we expected whatsoever he's averaging about four targets a game I think he's averaging about three receptions for 30 something yards it's just not good and uh, you know last season he had 72 catches for 1061 yards nine tds also added 170 yards on the ground and another two i think he would be lucky lucky to hit 50 receptions on the season lucky to get 50 lucky to break 800 receiving yards i just don't see it happening they've got a, a true freshman quarterback back there that is just not proficient with throwing the ball at this point in time but Jalen Rager is still somebody that I see being mocked in the late first in uh, NFL mock drafts. He still has the talent profile and uh, production to be a, a highly rated dynasty wide receiver. So I'm still excited about Rager, but he's definitely underperformed this season. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Anybody else come to mind? Uh, other underperformers this year. I would say uh, running back Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State, you know, coming into the season for me, I believe I had him as a top five running back coming into the class. Uh, but an- another one of those players with a brand new coach, they've got Herm Edwards down there calling the shots at Arizona State. Brand new quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels, who uh, looks very good. But Eno on the season, averaging under four and a half yards a carry. He's got uh, 153 r- rushes for 679 yards in eight games. And just for comparison purposes, in 13 games last year, he had over 1,600 rushing yards and averaged about 5.5 yards per clip. Uh, One of the good things he has done is caught the ball very well. He's got 22 receptions on the season, but he's another one of those guys who has just underperformed this season. Uh, I was really expecting more out of Eno Benjamin. Uh, I still believe in his talent. I still think he has a, a chance to be a productive NFL running back. He's five foot ten, two hundred and one pounds, so he needs to gain a little bit of weight as well. That BMI is a little bit lower than you'd like, but he's another guy for me that is sort of underperformed on the season. And then awesome. I'll just say, if you want me to throw another one out there, I'll just say, and a, a lot of people don't like to hear it, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect we've ever seen, or the best since <laughs> Andrew Luck. Um, I think that was, I think that was a little bit premature by a lot of people in the community to tout that guy, a a true sophomore in his first true season, starting from day one to be the best quarterback prospect we've ever seen. Now, 
Will he develop into that next year? Maybe. But to tout him as that coming into the season, I think the expectations for that kid were far too high. What we thought he should do each and every week was far too high. And there's no way at this point in time when we're talking on October 28th, 2019, that we can say Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect of all time. So let me ask this question. Here's my follow-up. Do you foresee tanking for Trevor? I mean, sure. I I think some teams won't have to try very hard to tank because some teams are just flat-out bad. So just by virtue of whether it's bad play calling, whether it's uh, the talent on those rosters, I don't know how many people are going to have to try very hard to tank for anybody, but I do foresee that happening here in the near future because you, if, if you're, t- you've got to have a quarterback. And when you're looking at the 2021 eligible prospects, you know what, actually, man, forget tanking for Trevor. You might want to tank for Justin Fields. That might be the better bet. If mm. you want to tank for anybody tank for Fields. And for those people who think that Justin Fields is a step below Trevor Lawrence, you need to, you need to wipe your glasses. You need to get some new contacts. You need to check the data and watch the film because Tre- uh, Justin Fields is not playing second fiddle to anybody in that 2021 class, including Trevor Lawrence. So if, if you were asking me today who I'd rather have on my roster for fantasy football, for dynasty, give me Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Hot take. Hot take. All right. Here we go. So we're going to go um, into like a small situation. We'll do a small game right after this break. Um, I just want to know the 2020 mock draft for you. Um I'm ready for it. I'm excited to hear what you're going to say. So we'll do that right after this. This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMV Sports. You have a show, The Odd Couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's The Odd Couple radio show. And it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Sports Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeartRadio app. And it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. On over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the, uh, greater, greatest takes from the show. That is, uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or FoxSportsRadio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast and check that out. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely, uh, it's been going well. It's been popping. So, uh, your listeners definitely want to check out the iCouple. Awesome. Is there any big news coming up with King? Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers prep program. And you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can. Listen as much as you can and share as much as you can. All right, we're back. Man, yo, you've been incredible so far, bro. Thank you for all the information and for all the insight. I need to get this final piece from you, though. Is the 2020 mock draft based on the current NFL positioning? Like, based on the right now, if everything stopped right now, this is kind of what it would be. Um, except for, well, I don't know. Dolphins look like they're, we're recording on Monday, right? <laughs> Dolphins yeah. look like they're trying to blow their draft spot. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> 
But as of right now, right, we have the Bengals. Bengals at one, Dolphins at two, Redskins at three, Falcons at four, and Jets at five. If you kind of had to, you know, predict how these teams would go about drafting, how do you foresee it? (sighs) Well, and like you said, we're going based off of today. And if the Bengals were picking 101 today, you know, you got to think about it. They've got a brand new head coach who didn't draft Andy Dalton, who looks absolutely putrid. That offensive line is a mess. They did invest high draft capital in Jonah Williams, a tackle who was lost before the season even begun. So I think they would have to go quarterback. And I love Chase Young, but I think the Bengals would have to go quarterback. Zach Taylor gets his guy, and I think they land Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So you you see them going straight up with Tua with the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I think that would be the smart play. Um, I can definitely see them pivoting to Joe Burrow, but I believe, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we have Tua in Alabama fatigue. We've seen Tua for now, It's it seems like three, four years now, just being absolutely dominant. And any new hotness that comes along, we want to rush to that because it's the new thing. It's the shiny new toy. But what has Tua done over the past three years to make you say he's not deserving of being the number one pick or, or having that shot as a as the featured quarterback in this class, I'd say nothing. I mean, this kid is ridiculous, uh, can make all the throws. He's accurate. He's played on the biggest stages. So give me Tua with the number one pick, and I think that's a good good move for the Bengals. With Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd, they need somebody who can efficiently run an offense. So Tua would be that guy. Love it. All right, so Dolphins up next. Where are they going? Dolphins have a bunch of first-round picks, so I think what they can do is take the best player available, and the best player in this draft draft class is Ohio State's uh, defensive end, Chase Young. I'm at six foot five. What is he? Two hundred seventy-five, two hundred two hundred seventy-pound defensive end, wrecking ball on the outside. You get him on that uh, on that defensive line to start rebuilding that team. You've got to have somebody to get after the quarterback. Look at the division they play in the AFC East. You've got Josh Allen running around. You know, who knows if Tom Brady's going to be there much longer. And then you've got Sam Darnold, who already admitted to us that he sees ghosts. So you go ahead and you get you a dominant edge rusher like Chase Young for the next 10 years. And he'll he'll have a bunch of quarterbacks seeing ghosts in that division for uh, the foreseeable future. So I would say the Dolphins go Chase Young. You're wrong for that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just keeping it real. You said for the people, right? For the people. For the people, for the people. (laughs) All right, talk to me about um, the Redskins, man. What do you see them going with the third pick? Now, listen, I'm a Cowboys fan, so uh, I really couldn't care any less where the the Redskins went with the pick. But (laughs) we're doing this right now, and we're looking at what Washington has. They're going to have a brand-new head coach who didn't draft Dwayne Haskins, who, you know, that team is probably going to lose Trent Williams. The offensive line is a mess, but I think they've got to find somebody to protect. They're probably going to give Haskins a shot, you know. Is he going to develop and be anything? I have no clue, but I think you've got to give him a chance. And right now that offensive line doesn't give him that chance, so I think they go for there's a guy out of Georgia, and I have not studied the offensive line extensively, but every time you turn on the Georgia uh, a Georgia game, they talk about just how big their offensive line is, how all of them are averaging, you know, 315 pounds. And Andrew Thomas is the best of that line. So I think they'd go with an offensive tackle, and they go Andrew Thomas. 
Uh, and likewise, I feel this way about the next team we're going to talk about, right? The Falcons, because I can care less <laughs> with their pick, but we have to cover it. So the Falcons with the fourth pick in the draft, what do you foresee them going? Well, you know, this is where I, I think they've got to get some defensive help playing in the NFC South, right? They've got the Carolina Panthers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the New Orleans Saints in their division. And it doesn't look like Drew Brees is going anywhere. Regardless if Winston is there or not, they still got to deal with Mike Evans and they have to deal with Chris Godwin. And then you've got Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. So they've got to go DB. They've got to go defensive back. And the best cornerback in this draft resides at Ohio State. Their defense is ridiculous. But Jeff Oduka, six foot one, 200 pounds, they, they've got to sure up that secondary. Keanu Neal can't stay healthy. They invested two high draft picks in offensive line. It's just unfortunate both of those guys got hurt, so I think they focus on the defensive side of the ball. I wanted to say Grant Delpit, but I do think they go cornerback because outside of True Font, they have nobody else over there, so they go Duca uh, at cornerback. Delpit looks like he's taken a bit of a step back this season, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like he is taking a bit of a step back in a Texas game. He got exposed. Um, and, and it looks like just kind of when I watch him, he doesn't look as dominant as I'm hearing. Do, do yes. you see the same thing or am I wrong? No, man, you're absolutely right. And I talked about it and I tweeted out a while ago versus Texas. He was exposed versus Vanderbilt. Keyshawn Vaughn made him look silly in the open field. The thing is, Delpit knows where to be. He's where he needs to be every time he needs to be there. The problem is he needs to get in the weight room. I think he's like 6'2", 6'3", but he is not big. He is not – a lot of people want to call him Jamal Adams. A lot of people – he is far from that physical of a player. He needs to get in the weight room. He has got to improve. He's not the best defensive back on his team. I venture to say he's the third best defensive back behind Derek Stingley Jr. and Christian Fulton. Um, Christian Fulton, but, I mean, he's definitely taken a small step back, but I think – you know, once he gets to the combine, he's going to perform really well. And then that LSU DBU stigma is going to get him drafted probably a little higher than he needs to be. But he is definitely taking a step back this year. Awesome. I, I knew I wasn't seeing stuff, man. I I, I kind of have a pretty decent eye and I'm glad, you know, maybe I'm not wrong on this. I, I do see him taking a step back. All right. But let's talk about this because we did just talk about, you know, his, his former teammate. Right. The Jets are up next. Who will they where will they go? They have a ton of they have a ton of things they need to address. But where will they go? Well, in listening to what, you know, the Jets are thinking about dealing. um, What's his name? Uh, Robbie Anderson. They were talking about trading Robbie Anderson. And, uh, you know, they just signed Le'Veon Bell. So I think what they do, you know, they probably need to go offensive line. But I I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to get Sam Darnold a security blanket on the outside. And I think they go for Alabama's wide receiver, Jerry Judy. You get Jerry Judy paired with uh, Sam Darnold, with Chris Herndon out there at tight end, with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. You still have Jamison Crowder. I mean, they can't keep rolling out uh, the ghost of Demarius Thomas, Robbie sometimes Anderson, and, you know, Ryan Griffin out there at uh, for Wild offensive man. skill position players. Now, you know, Sam Darnold didn't do himself any favors, but – that offense is just, it's not fun to watch. So I think they go for what many people are saying is the best wide receiver in this class, and they get Jerry Judy to help Sam Darnold out. Yo, you wildin'. Did you say the ghost of Demarius Thomas? <laughs> Come on, man. You know DT ain't got no business out there running routes. 
<laughs> you know he has no business out there running routes, man. Yo, um, it, it's funny because, you know, last week when they played the Patriots, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to put him in my lineup because I know this going to be a revenge game for him. But um, but I, I quickly thought about it again. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. Smart move. Yo, thank you so much for joining us, man. You've been amazing. Um, bro, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, where they can get your information, um, where they can get, you know, just all the stuff that you're putting out and you're producing. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I interact the most at, at RayGQ. That's Q-U-E. I've got a podcast where I focus on Debbie talent. So guys who are going to eventually matriculate onto the NFL and hopefully produce points for you. That show is called The Destination Debbie. If you add DDP, it will pop up. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, anywhere you can play podcasts at the DDP is there. I'm also a Debbie writer and ranker for Dynasty League Football. So if you go over to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, everyone knows it is DLF. My content, written content is over there as well. But majority of my stuff is on Twitter. So if you just follow me at Twitter, holler at me on there. Uh, I have no problem. love interacting with folks. And, and, and you're also a law school grad, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Went to law school. I got my JD at Thurgood Marshall School of Law in Houston and then an LLM in International Comparative Sports Law from St. John's in Queens, New York. So if you don't think this man is smart, then, um, I mean, I don't know what else I can say to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yo, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate your time. Um, look, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and give us that five-star rating. Um, it just helps people to find us, and it also helps us to know that you're out there listening and you're feeding off of this information and at least getting yourself prepared. If your team is struggling right now, I did this for you. Look, if, if your team is, is in the dumps right now, I did the mock <laughs> draft for you. <laughs> so I hope that you get um, the most out of it. God bless you, and we hope to hear from you. i see you soon. All right, we out. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Are you a believer who enjoys Marvel or DC Comics? Do you just love a good superhero story? You do? Awesome. Then check out Waywater Entertainment's new digital comic, Legacy AD, now available on Amazon.com and the Amazon Kindle app. Get ready for a new superhero who loves and serves Jesus Christ. For more information, check out LegacyADCartoon.squarespace.com. Aaron Simpkins here, the host of the True Strength Life podcast and owner of True Strength Apparel. Check out TrueStrengthApparel.com where we have tank tops to flip flops and anything in between, all based on a message of the truth of Jesus Christ. Keep it locked right here with my family from the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out TrueStrengthApparel.com.